Welcome to Apparently Speaking, the podcast from Northeast Ohio Parent Magazine, with your host, Miriam Connor. Hi, this is Miriam. Welcome to the latest episode of Apparently Speaking, where I'll be talking with Dr. Laura Markley about kids and anxiety. This episode is sponsored by Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. For the one in five children who have learning differences and attention deficits, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their true potential. Dr. Laura Markley is the Medical Director of Consultation Liaison Psychiatry at Akron Children's Hospital, which provides consultation for children admitted for medical and or surgical care who may also be experiencing emotional or mental health issues. Following her graduation from medical school at the Northwestern Ohio University's College of Medicine, Dr. Markley continued with her medical training at the University of Utah, where she completed a triple board residency in pediatrics, psychiatry, and child psychiatry. Dr. Markley is a member of the team of mental health providers in Akron Children's Lois and John Orr Family Behavioral Health Center, which specializes in the diagnosis and treatment of emotional and behavioral disorders affecting children, teens, and their families. The center offers outpatient consultation to young people dealing with the stress of a chronic medical condition, anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues. Welcome, Dr. Markley. Thank you so much for being here today. Well, thank you very much for having me. I'm very glad to have you here. Um, It's such a I feel like this, you know, kids and anxiety, kids, teens, it'll just kind of encompass the whole, the whole thing there. It's, and we were talking about this a little bit before the show, it just seems to have, for lack of a better word, just kind of exploded where it's just, it seems like everywhere it's all over. Now my kid has anxiety or this kid or this teen, anxiety, anxiety, anxiety. And I was asking you, you know, is it that there is so much more or is it that we know more about it now or can put a, a, a name to it or is it the combination? I think it's a combination. I think it's it's very difficult for kids in this society to have a constant influx of kind of anxiety provoking information. Um, we all of us have an unending stream of, of news and uh input <clears throat> that can be uh, somewhat upsetting, even just coming up on our smartphones without us even looking for it. Um, also, I think that a lot of us, because of social media, often feel like we're in the spotlight a lot more than we actually are because <clears throat> people are, um, you know, on social media, they're they're looking at you. There's a sense of feeling judged or um anxious about what other people are perceiving about you. And the kids, I mean, adults do it too, but you put yourself in that situation. They do. But (laughs) they do. They do. They, they make the, it's interesting because a lot of them go to social media looking for reassurances. Um, when not everyone is, is kind and you, you don't always get reassuring responses, which can have the opposite effect. Right. So, Obviously, we can look at, like you said, like the news, you know, like before you were saying like it's just on the you know 11 o'clock news and then that's it. But now it's like all these things that the kids are seeing that maybe you could kind of hide from them before. It's harder to now. So there's there are things, legitimate things that like, well, they feel, you know, to worry about or, you know, this is happening in the world or in my city even or whatever it may be. And so especially younger kids, it's hard to process, I would imagine, you know, what well, is that going to happen to us or to me um, or things like that? just worrying about other people. So that kind of maybe is some of it. And then right now they also have social media. Um, what about just like school pressures and just the fast pace, you know, society, the, the busyness, do you think that? I think the, contributes? the, the busyness and this, um, perception that they have to multitask 
at every point in their life, um, they are always multitasking with their media. They they very ra- like rarely do not see a teenager with some sort of media out, an iPod, an iPhone, an earbud, uh, and they're still trying to do what they are supposed to do. Um, we have these kids who um, really feel like you can't just get straight A's. You've got to get straight A's in the hardest classes while being involved in all the clubs, while being involved in all the sports. And um, just the thought of that, I think, is overwhelming to some kids. And you get the kids who just shut down and, and don't try. And then you get the kids who really charge at it. And sometimes just the 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 pressure they're under for that overachieving just becomes overwhelming. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. It's interesting that you brought that up, you know, with the, with the grades and all that kind of stuff, because... It's hard because, you know, as a parent, you obviously want your child to do their best and you want to challenge them and you want them to, you know, excel and whatever, you know, all those things. And those are all good and positive things. However, sometimes it comes at a very high cost. And it's hard because I know some kids, I know some high schoolers who they're taking like, you know, five AP classes a semester. Mm -hmm. They're just kind of breezing through them or so it would seem like they seem like that's the right fit for them. It seems like, you know, and that's great. And then, but then I know other students who they're doing it because like you said, it's kind of like the social pressure to do it, which Mm -hmm. I mean, I can think of worse things to, you know, have them pressure to do it. So that's not a bad thing necessarily, but, but they feel they're doing it because if they don't, then they're not good as good, or they're kind of considered, you know, maybe they're not looked at as, as smart or, you know, those kind of things where maybe some of those classes aren't the best fit for them necessarily, or at that time or whatever it might be, but then they've got all that pressure on them that they really don't need to have. Right. Exactly. And and one of the things that I stress to parents is that success, you know, is nice. But one of the other things that you want, the most important thing for your child to learn is balance. Because no one is going to be ultimately successful in their life unless they can balance what they're doing. And so if your kid wants to take a couple of AP classes, fine, but insist that they take a study hall. Make sure that they have time carved out so that they have time to do that work. And what we find a lot when I start talking to these children, often it's not really their parents pressuring them. You know, their parents are telling them like, you know, we're very proud of you. We're glad with everything you're accomplishing. And what the kid is hearing is you're not going to be happy with me if I don't accomplish things and you really, really need me to do well. You know, they just read into that. So yeah. Much, so it's so. like, oh my gosh, it's so, as you're saying that, it's like, oh my gosh, so how do you like have that not happen? I mean, you know, you're telling your kid those words, it's black and white, you know, if, if that's the case, you know, it's fine with us if you don't, it's fine. And I, and we tell our kids like, do your your best as long as we know that you're doing your best and you have all your assignments turned in and and you're studying blah 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 it's fine like I'm not gonna ever say you didn't get an A or you know because if all those other things are met it's totally fine so then how do I know if they're hearing that and how would I you know are those the right words and sometimes you can I mean all of us know that we can talk at our children and not really have them hear anything we say um but I think one one helpful thing that helps is um something that helps is putting kind of a personal spin on it saying like hey you know um I remember when I was in a bunch of uh, different activities and taking classes, it was really hard to keep up with everything. And sometimes I'd feel really stressed out. Do you ever feel that way? Mm -hmm. I just hope you know that, you know, if it's ever too much and you need to cut back on something, that's totally fine. I 
totally identify with giving them that permission to kind of take a break if they need to and like you said making it relatable I remember that and I felt the same way or whatever right I shouldn't probably say like I remember I didn't really care I just wanted to be social (laughs) yes do you ever feel that way no I won't say that but (laughs) well and I but I think it's 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 fair to say to kids like you know part of uh, being an adolescent is learning how to be appropriately social. So, I mean, again, it's that balance theme. It's Mm -hmm. like, you know, I want you to have fun. I, you know, and I want you to be successful. I think it's, it's that balance. If you're really struggling in a class and you're, you've turned in all your work and you know what, everybody in the class is, is saying this is a horribly hard class and the best grade in the class is a B are you really going to beat yourself up for getting a B, mm-hmm. you know, versus, you know, if, if, uh, you haven't turned in your homework and you aren't doing the work and you're not going to school, um, that's a different situation. Right. You have some control yeah. over that situation. That's, yeah. that's, that's a, that's a point where I'm going to, you know, have a conversation mm-hmm. with you and say, you know, this is your profession. This is your job. You're, you're a high school student right now. So if you're turning in your work and you're doing your best and your best is a B, then that's fine. Right. But if you're not trying, then then we have to step back and say, why is that? So what can I do to help you become more successful? Yeah, that's good. I like that. It does seem that, you know, we talked about school pressures and it does seem like I'm thinking when I was a, a kid, you know, from what I can remember and when I was even in high school, like the... I don't remember, and it's probably just me, I probably should feel pressure or have felt when I didn't, but I don't remember feeling, you know, all this pressure. And I think a lot of kids now, because of grades, and even like, let's say they're involved in a sport, they just can't be in the sport. It has to be, oh my gosh, I mean, every or everything, whether it, or dance or music or whatever it is, it can't just be a little bit or whatever. Yeah. It has to be so intense, you know, everything we do. So come combining that with our intense schoolwork and our intense, yeah. every activity is intense and da, da, da. I mean, I guess it's not really that surprising no, <laughs> that some kids would kind of, you oh, know. yeah. And I mean, our measuring anxious. stick used to be our classmates right. at school. And now it's uh, our Instagram feed. So, you know, it's, it's, there's that meme that says, you know, may your life be as wonderful as it looks on Facebook because everybody's putting their best life out there on, 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 uh, Instagram, Facebook, Snapchat. It really makes it look like, look how success, successful I am. I don't have any worries. I don't have any problems and look at everything I'm achieving. And it really has a tendency to feel, uh, make kids feel like they shouldn't have any struggles when they have no idea what that person's right. Really going and we can through. tell them that, but they're not really, you know, they're just seeing what they see. Exactly. And, yeah. and kids mm-hmm. are very visual. They take in a lot of that uh, input. And, you know, I always tell parents, look from, you go from being your kid's hero when, when they're kind of in that latency age stage and to when they get in that tween, teen, you're no longer their expert. Their peers are their experts. Their uh, media is their expert. And it's tough to compete with that because it was one thing to just compete with the peers in the past, but now you've got, well, I read on Instagram. Totally. And, and so, then it's totally true then. I always say, yeah. like, one of my kids starts with that, well, I saw or I read this on Instagram. Oh, it's totally true then. <laughs> yeah. Although, I mean, to, to their credit, yeah. I, I've, I have seen my teenagers 
Sanders uh, learned some pretty snazzy things on YouTube. They're very savvy. I mean, they're very tech savvy. They yes. they have they know a lot. I mean, a lot a lot more than I do. That's for sure. So, what are some signs of anxiety? And because I have also heard a lot of people kind of throwing that word around, like, "Well, I have anxiety over that. I had an anxiety mm-hmm. attack." And I'm like, "No, I don't." I don't think you do. You know what I mean? Like, and I, you know, so, so what are some signs? Like everyone can get, it's normal, you know, to be nervous or anxious Mm -hmm. about certain things. And it's not even necessarily all bad. Right. I don't think for certain situations. Well, and I mean, if you, if you look at the biology of it, like fear is something that is a protective function in our brain. We should be able to read our environment and say there are things in it that could, you know, they could pose danger. That's going to help me not get hurt. Uh, evolutionarily, why we survive. But anxiety is kind of feeling like there's something in the environment that poses a threat to yourself when there's no threat there. So when there there's normal, healthy, developmentally uh, appropriate anxiety, separation anxiety. Um, you know, if, if a mom walks away from their two-year-old, they should probably get a little upset, you know, but if their buddy comes up to them and says, Hey, I got a toy and they get distracted, then they should probably be okay, you know, and, and they can go about their day at daycare. If that child is just inconsolable for hours, that's when you think, okay, this is outside of the norm. So when we talk about an anxiety disorder, like you're, you're, what you're saying is right. We all have anxiety. There's always going to be a situation that makes us feel anxious. You know, when we're standing on the edge of the diving board looking into the swimming pool, we should probably, you know, have some nerves there. But when it becomes a disorder is when you stop functioning. And the problem with anxiety disorders is a lot of people, especially kids, don't have the ability to verbalize how they're feeling. So one of the biggest signs that we see in in young children especially is physical symptoms. And the way I explain it to parents is, look, they are not faking it. Okay. All the wires are connected in our bodies. All our, our, all the nerves are connected. So, um, one of the reason I kind of went into what I went into. So you have these small children who really feel anxious about going to school, but they can't say like, you know, at six years old, like, Hey mom and dad, I'm afraid I'm getting judged when I go to school. They, they just say, I feel sick. And they, they literally will. People don't realize that the serotonin, which is kind of your happy juice in your body, the things that are antidepressants and anti-anxiety medications target in the brain, there's actually more receptors in your stomach. So when people are feeling anxious, that's why a lot of times, you know, you'll talk about people having a nervous stomach or, oh, I was so nervous I could almost throw up or, you know, having other GI symptoms. Um, and these kids will be missing a ton of school. And they'll have these huge medical workups and their parents will be like, you know what? I'm sick of them faking it because they're, they're sick all week and then they're fine on the weekends. And it's like, no, the anxiety provoking triggers gone on the weekends. So of course they feel better. So it's, it's not necessarily, uh, them trying to get out of school. It's that their anxiety is to a point where they're basically, I I kind of tell kids it's kind of short circuiting, so to speak. So that can be kind of a big sign of school avoidance. Um, and school avoidance, you know, it's one of those terms that's kind of unfortunate because it makes it sound like they just don't want to go and do their that's work. That's right. But that's not the case. Yeah. And you, case. and you can tell you, you know what I mean? Yeah. You should be able yeah. to decipher between the two. Exactly. Um, for sure. Yeah. So what other, so 
obviously like the physical symptoms, mm-hmm. if they're saying they have a stomach ache, yeah, if it's just like only happens on a test day once yes. in a while, maybe that's not really legit. You know exactly. what I mean? But um, if it's continue, like you said, they, they can't really function, it's continuing to happen, happen. Right. And they can't really probably verbalize why. Right. Maybe, you know, so then that's something to look into. What other, are there other things if it's not like stomach? Is it just kind of that they, are, maybe they just try to avoid certain situations mm-hmm. constantly and maybe it's not, they're not, they're not sick, but they just, you know, yeah. seem to get real stressed or tense or. Exactly. Yeah. Depending on what's making them anxious, um, you know, things that they used to enjoy, maybe going to the playground or uh, let's go in uh, to the toy store. No, I, I don't want to go. I just want, I want to stay home. Well, why? I don't, I just don't, I don't want to go. I just want to stay home. And, and then it's, you know, what's our, what's our next question always? Are you sick? Right. So after a while, it's kind of like, yeah, oh, it's easier for them to just it's say, easier to them to say yeah, I just don't feel good. Got it. And so sometimes even if they're not feeling that illness, they know that that's an acceptable excuse for not going out with the family. But depending on what that, um, what their anxiety is about, um, that, that can be a sign. Basically things aren't a disorder unless they start to impair your functioning and all of us feel anxious. And I mean, sometimes we, you know, like, uh, before speaking in something like this, you know, you might feel your heart racing. You might feel like you're sweating more. Um, but it's not a full blown panic attack. People throw that term around. Right. That's what I was saying. Yeah. Like yeah. I had a panic attack over that. And some of it is just tongue in cheek, but you know what I mean? Some people exactly. feel like they are because they feel like those little flutters in there that you say are, it's normal. You know, yeah. If you're getting up doing a speech or whatever, it's normal to have a little bit of that. Exactly. That's not a panic attack. No, a panic attack is, is more like, uh, someone gets the sense that, that, it's basically, it's kind of the apocalypse. They're just like frozen, um, heart racing, dizzy, sweating, shaking, feeling like they're going to die. Um, I mean, it's, it's very dramatic when you see one, uh, when, when you see someone actually having a panic attack. So lots of us might have a little bit of a, oh my gosh, I've, you know, I have a, uh, teenager might have a date or something like that I'm just like having an anxiety attack and it's like I will have well, an anxiety attack yeah oh you mean the kid <laughs> oh okay. the kid yeah 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 <laughs> the parents are home thinking like oh no no but uh you know they um like you said the the little flutters or feeling anxious that's not a panic attack so you really have to give them the vocabulary to kind of define what they're actually going through right. and say like okay what does a panic attack mean to you what exactly happened? And if they're like, well, uh, you know, my mom said I wasn't allowed to go out with my boyfriend and I started crying and I was hyperventilating. I'm like, okay, so that was a tantrum, <laughs> not a panic attack. So you kind of have to back yeah. down and, and say like, okay, let's figure out exactly and what we're doing that probably helps here. them obviously then put it in perspective and then they can like probably maybe calm themselves down a little bit. Like, oh, okay, I did not really, it's not really that exactly. extreme is what I'm saying. Good. Yeah. We're going to take a quick break, hear a word from our sponsor, and then we'll be right back um, to continue this conversation. Okay, great. For the one in five children who have learning differences like dyslexia and attention deficits like ADHD, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their potential. Serving students in grades K through 12 from more than 80 communities throughout Northeast Ohio, Lawrence School empowers students who learn differently by accepting and affirming the diverse ways they learn, supporting them through their academic journey, and motivating them to excel beyond what they would believe imaginable. 
The result of these approaches is that students who previously struggled in the classroom are suddenly engaged, motivated, and confident in their ability to be successful learners. Discover the many ways we are reimagining school at www.lawrenceschool.org or by calling 440-526-0717. Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. Okay, we are back talking with Dr. Markley about kids and anxiety. Um, we were just talking about, you know, some of the signs and, and what to look for and what is maybe legit and what isn't, things like that. So I had a question came in my mind as you were talking. So let's say that a, a kid, teenager, whatever age, you know, they are uncomfortable with certain things, as you mentioned. Like they don't – it really – makes them so they feel a little anxious or whatever it is to do something or go somewhere do it as a parent should you kind of push them to do it or not you know because there's always that well should I make them and they'll get over it or is that a bad thing to do I think it's fair to acknowledge how they're feeling and saying like you know i I wonder if you're feeling anxious about something could or or are you worrying um, tell me what's going on right now and, and start a conversation. I think that's why therapy becomes so important because not just for the child, but for the parent too, to maneuver those situations because there, there is, the more you avoid what you're afraid of, the more intimidated you are by that thing. So one of the things that I often get asked by parents is, well, my kid is so stressed out from school I really just want to pull them out and homeschool them. And honestly, that the the more they're pulled away, the now there are extenuating circumstances. Of course, always right. extenuating exactly. circumstances. You have to look at why and what happened. Yeah. But if but but my advice to them is if that is what you're doing, there must always from the get go be a contract that the plan is for school reentry. Because the, the plan is that we will work towards, even a if con- it's going there an, an hour a day, like we will that, work yeah. a with A contract the with the child. Exactly. I like that. Okay. Exactly. From the get-go. So they know this is temporary. This is a temporary Got situation. It. Because the thing about depression and anxiety in school is that, uh, you know, it's not just the anxiety about physically going. A lot of times it's anxiety about the work. It can uh, affect your motivation. So then you have a child who's maybe not keeping up with the work at home, who gets further behind. What does that do? It makes them more anxious. Then they can't do the work. So it just, it kind of, they, they lose more and more function. So the plan always needs to be with, with the treatment team, with the therapist, we need to get you back to developmentally appropriate functioning because the more they avoid, the more they will become that little hermit and, and not go out into the world. Right. Okay. That's good. I like that. Those are, that's great advice for sure. And like, I like the contract and then like, Hey, the end goal is here that the re-entry. So we're going to, even if we ease into it, so it's not just like, okay, you're done. You don't have to deal with that ever again. That kind of thing. And, yeah. and parents often don't know actually about um, the the ways they can uh, get the schools to work with them. Uh, really, you know, you don't need to have a months long evaluation. If you have a note from a physician or a therapist that that gets taken to the school, you can um, ask for them to be considered for something called a five hundred four which is something that, you know, it, it they can get some extra time to fill out assignments. They can eat lunch in the counselor's office. Um, maybe they can actually just sit in the library all day and just do their schoolwork. <laughs> but they it doesn't 
require like all the IQ testing and things like that that can take months and months and months to get an IEP. They can get that relatively quickly. Are those temporary kind of things mm-hmm. if they have that? or They, they can okay. be. They okay. can be. Or even, uh, you know, if you have a kid uh, with severe test anxiety, you can actually uh, talk to the school about a 504 regarding test anxiety so they have a quieter environment more right, time one to on do one it or small yeah. group or... and and that can help them that that can apply to their ACT mm-hmm. that can mm-hmm. apply to their SAT their college so back to my question let's say that let's say that is a case well, I'll use mm-hmm. that as an example they have testing anxiety and so they get and they are going to do it one-on-one or whatever a small mm-hmm. group or however however the 504 works out is that something that should also be like the goal is to ch- to not have that always, or should it just be like, well, they just have test anxiety. They're, they're for the rest of their school career. They're gonna. I think like, the goal. What would you advise? The the nice thing about a five hundred four is that it's it's revisited every year, and so most kids, uh, they they don't. Uh, they appreciate the extra help, but they don't appreciate anything that makes them feel different. Standing out, yeah. So uh, that can actually be a goal for them to work towards. Like, hey, well, you know, if you get your anxiety under control and you're participating in treatment, maybe we won't need that 504 anymore. And, you know, and, and sometimes it's helpful. It just really depends on the child and what's most helpful to them. But I think that, again, the goal is always to restore them to as normal a function as, as right. possible. Right, right. What about something that seems small? Like my son, my kids are always like, oh my gosh, you always use this examples. Um, he, <laughs> he, and he's much more, you know, better. He's much better with these things now. He's a little bit older, but he, you know, my daughters are like, eh, they'll just talk to everyone. They're, uh, you know, and he's not quite as, he, I wouldn't say he's shy. He's just not. Maybe a little introverted. He's definitely a little more introverted. And so, but even when he was younger, like ordering at a restaurant, for example, mm-hmm. he would always say, you order for me. Can you order for me? And I was like, no, you do it. Mm-hmm. And so then I'm like, is that me just being, because like I can't relate to why that would be. And he he's fine and he does it now himself. But you know what I mean? Right. Was that the right or wrong thing to do? No, I, I think that's absolutely the right thing to do because oh, one, I'm that's so a, good. <laughs> yes, yeah. I mean, because, I'm well, that's a situation too where you know your child. Yeah. You know that he's maybe a little introverted, maybe a little shy, but it's not going to terrify him and, and right. you know, really. I think again, it's it's kind of that parental intuition of I think my to- my child can tolerate ordering for himself. Exactly, nothing bad and, is going to happen to right. him. And I felt like if I kept doing all those things for him, now like he'll do. He doesn't love to do this, but he'll do the speeches in class. He doesn't mm-hmm. say anything about it. It's fine. But and it's not because of that. But I just always was like, you know, you go or you know, at a re- or somewhere like going to ask for another or something. You know, something fell. And he go, you do it. I'm like, no, you know, you do it. And I just felt like if I constantly did that for him, how's right. he going to get comfortable? Exactly. You know, with any of that kind of stuff. Kind of that theme of if you constantly avoid it, the more intimidating right, it becomes. So. Right. And then you do it and you realize, I mean, yeah, maybe some hard. kids don't if they really have to. But yeah, like hopefully they realize like it was not that big of a deal. Can you prevent anxiety like as a parent? Uh, like, boy, how, what can I do? Or someone might be like, well, I don't have kids yet, but I, or you have little kids. What can I do to maybe what are some things I could do so that this doesn't happen? I don't know if you can or not. Well, um, anxiety tends to be very frequent 
it's about one in four kids at some point will have an anxiety disorder. It's by far the most frequent issue. Um, I think it's it's important for parents to not jump to the assumption that any anxiety is, is a disorder. Okay. That some anxiety is normal. If if your kid loses you in the store and they're crying, that that's pretty normal. They should be anxious in that situation. Um, but if you just try to, uh, you know, go to the bathroom and they're crying outside the door, you know, well, if they're two, that's okay. If they're eight, it's not. So you have to, you have to look at age appropriateness of their behavior. But I think one of the biggest things that we do to prevent, uh, is a, to prevent anxiety and just a lot of, uh, uh, disorders is kids model us. They, they regulate their internal environment based on their external environment when they're younger. So if, if we see something on the TV and we're like, oh my gosh, that's horrifying. It's terrifying. We're all going to die. They hear that, then they're going to be a lot more anxious about that situation. If they see us respond like, oh, well, you know, that's concerning, but you know, everything's fine in, in our home and, you know, it's something to keep our eye on, but it'll be all right. You know, they will model that. So, yeah. you know, you just have to watch when you're on the phone with your girlfriends, you know, if just they are paying attention to how we react yeah. to situations. Yeah, it's funny because I had that written down here, right here, modeling, you know, in my notes because I'm big on modeling. And they do watch you even at any age, even, you know, as teenagers. And and like you said, I think we can de-escalate a situation if we really, you know what I mean? And even like, you know, a kid may come home from school and like, oh my gosh, this teacher did this today. Da, 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 da. And I think the parent could get, or a friend did this and that. And I think sometimes our first reaction is, you know, that protection. So we're like, what? Oh my God, how dare they? Oh, like, blah, blah, blah. But even if you save that for later, if you want mm-hmm. to, if you can like force yourself and just say, like I've said before, like, oh gosh, you know, I feel sorry for her. She's so crabby or, you know, kind of yeah. trying to make it a joke or she maybe, who knows? She must've had a horrible morning this morning or something. So she had a bad day, you know, the teacher, whatever. You just try to like kind of just, blow it off in a way if, it, if it's not anything yeah, important, yeah. you know, and, and same with friends, like, well, you know, just talk to them. Sometimes we jump to conclusions. Maybe you heard half the story, even if inside you're like, yeah, ah, you know, exactly. but just like try you said, to, what to my kids? exactly. But if you just try to just deescalate it, at least for the time being, I think that's really important. Like you said, that modeling. And if, if we're upset, like you said, if we see something on yeah. the news and we're freaking out and crying, even if you but do that in private, yeah. maybe, you know, so they don't see one of the, uh, one of the things that I see parents really struggling with these days is the unfortunate fact that we have to have our children prepared for, um, a, a, an emergency situation in their school, right. a violent situation in their school. And, and, uh, the first time that one of my kids came home and said, Hey, we had this sh- drill at our school today. Um, I took a beat and then I said, well, what was that like for you? You know, because, um, you know, if I say, well, good, I'm glad, you know, it's, it's just depends. You have to realize that they're going to, to listen to how you respond to that. Um, and so I think the, the easiest thing is to kind of put that back on them and say, okay, uh, well, how did you respond to that? How did you feel during that? Or if they saw something upsetting on the TV, like, 
you know, oh, wow, well, what did you think about that? Because then you kind of know what their thought process is and you can go with what they're thinking rather than like going with what you think they're thinking and then maybe they're thinking. <laughs> and now they're more. thinking that, you exactly. know, what you were saying. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you don't want to stack the anxiety. Exactly. But, that's um, good. My, yeah. my, one of my daughters, my oldest daughter, she would, um, she doesn't do this, you know, much now. She's older, but when she was younger and she didn't have anxiety, but she would, whatever the situation coming up, whether we were going somewhere or she had something or maybe she had like a show, a reset, whatever it was, she would always like, and I would joke with her and like, we play the what if game. Cause she would always say like, well, what if, and it was like something that was never going to happen. You know what I mean? Like what if this, and at first I would just find myself like, oh, that's not going to happen. And like try to go on. But then I realized that that wasn't like enough for her, you know, mm-hmm. she, she, that wasn't, you know, easing her mind. So then I would say like, well, okay, let's, let's pretend that does happen. Mm-hmm. What if this worst case scenario thing that you've made up in your mind, what if that happens? What would we do? Then how could we figure it out? And then we would just like talk it through for like two minutes and then she was fine. Yeah. And of course it never happened, but, and then she kind of stopped doing that. And I was like, okay, I needed to like not be, you know, I need to be a little more sensitive to that, but we just talked it through, like I said, for a minute. Like, what if it did happen? Then, then she knew, like, if it did, it's okay. We have, we have it figured out. Yeah. Of course, it was something that would never happen. But (laughs) yeah, but I mean, I think that's fair. And with the modeling, it goes to say, you know, um, like I, I might comment to my kids, like, man, did, did I seem nervous while I was up there? Because you're like in the, well, in the, no. And, you know, you, why, why would you be nervous? And I'd say, well, you know, because, uh, when getting up in front of talking in front of a lot of people, it's that's that's a little uh, anxiety provoking. But you know, once I get up there, I'm usually okay. It's just the thought of of you know I feel a little anxious beforehand. Just kind of laying out a roadmap of like great. you know, hey, I feel a little worried too. But once I get into it, it's not mm-hmm, that that's bad. That's great. Yeah, that's totally normal to feel that way. You're telling them like even, and they're probably thinking, well, if she still does after you've probably done that a zillion times then that's just normal feelings. And like you said, then I was fine. You know, once you got into it, just getting yeah. started with it or whatever it is, but that's really good. That's yeah. so good. I, I really loved having you on the show and, and talking with you. I, I feel like, Oh, I still have, you know, a lot more, uh, you know, other questions and other things to talk about because this is such a big, a big thing right now. So I'm just very glad that, you know, you're out there and other doctors like you to, to be a, a resource for parents and families and, and to help. So if, if somebody wants to, to get in touch with you, what's the best way to do that? Um, they would uh, contact the uh, Lois and John Orr uh, outpatient services at Akron Children's Hospital, and the number and the address for that is available on the akronchildrens.org, um, and uh, they can call, and generally they can set up an appointment to uh, see one of our professionals. Thank you so much, Dr. Markley. It was really good. I think some very good tips and advice and insight. Um, I think that's going to be helpful to a lot of parents. So thank you so much for being here. Well, again, thank you for having me. Thank you. This episode has been sponsored by Lawrence School, where great minds don't think alike. For the one in five children who have learning differences and attention deficits, Lawrence School is a transformative place that removes barriers to learning and unleashes their true potential. Discover more at lawrenceschool.org. Thank you for listening to Apparently Speaking. Listen and subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, Podbean, and iHeartRadio. Find the podcast and much more at northeastohioparent.com. Like Apparently Speaking on Facebook and email any comments or questions to podcast at northeastohioparent.com.